1: Listen. Yeehaw! Yo, yo, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm of course your host Sherman. Today is Wednesday, January nineteenth, twenty twenty-two, and this is episode one hundred and ninety-three. Ladies and gentlemen, do we have a show for you today? I am lucky to have this guy on now because the bubble is about to pop for this incredibly talented singer. Write it down now, people, because Josh Arce is up next. I had such a great time getting Josh's full story in this one, and I know y'all will enjoy it as much as I did. In 193, we got it all in and started by talking about his early inspirations and influences. Growing up, Josh was always surrounded by music and it played a huge role in who he is today. He picked up the guitar at eight years old and started singing shortly after, and he was hooked. Josh joined a band in high school and fell in love with the energy of performing original music live. Although he loved rock, punk, and metal, he knew he had to switch directions and make his way into the pop music scene. The rest is history. Of course he ran through the Josh Arce discography. Josh released his first original song Something About You in 2019 and hasn't slowed down since. It takes maybe 5 seconds into any of his songs to hear that he's really something special. It's like Bad Bunny meets Justin Timberlake meets Justin Bieber meets Bozzy. I mean it's nuts. We talked about tracks like Tokyo Rain with Apollo XO, Phases, one of my personal favorites, What You Say with Jake's Tour Drive, Get Over It, and of course his debut album Late to the Party. Homie is talented. We also had a great conversation on the next phase for Josh. We got deep throughout this interview and talked about how his writing process has changed over the years. At first he sang about what's considered to be hot, but now he rips it straight from the heart. Truly vulnerable songwriting. He's currently wrapping up his second album, Quarter Life Crisis, and he's never felt more confident about his music. I heard some unreleased after the interview. Woo, you all ain't ready. I really mean it when I say that Josh is up next. He's got an amazing team behind him, shout out Jesse, and he's so humble about his process. He's in it for the long haul and genuinely loves creating music. Very special talent. Much love and respect, my dude. Now, let's let the people hear your story for themselves. This is episode 193 with Josh Arce. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? We are here in Chicago, Illinois, and I have a very special guest today. He goes by the name of Josh Arce. Let's go. Should I say Arce? That's pretty good. That was pretty good, man.
2: Arce. I rolled it too much. You were close, though. Arce. 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 That's how I say it when I was like, oh, how do you say your last name? Be like, my name is Joshua do, do, <laughs> I <laughs> said you're like band, like
1: uh, Bad Bunny, but that was a little bit of Antonio Banderas right there. I
2: try to tap into that,
1: man. Yeah? I, I try my best. Man. <laughs> man, I got to tell you, it's so awesome to have you here. For any longtime listeners, this is not the first time they've heard your name. You know, you've collabed with Apollo XO. Yes, sir, my boy. Uh, Two time guests of Sherman the Boo, Jake Shore Drive as well, and I'm your name has definitely come up kind of before. Thank you. Um, so it's awesome to finally have you here. Thank you. We are hanging me. out with your manager, Jesse, before. Yes, sir. And, you know, I'm honestly inspired by your
2: energy, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Likewise, though, you know, it's it's been a long time. We've been doing this for, it's been about, it's closing in our four years that we've been, I've been doing a solo artist journey. Um, I've met a lot of people and, you know, my whole life right now is basically consisted of people I met along this journey. But, yeah. you know, none closer to me than my manager, um, my manager, Jesse. And, you know, man, it's just, it's, when you look back on, on that whole, like, on that whole journey, you look on that, that whole period of time, you start to, you start to realize that, like, that that journey is really the the beauty of it, you know? It's like, Absolutely. It's, like, the essence of it, man, so. For sure. Yeah. That's,
1: that's one thing that I kind of had to come to grips with. You know, I told you I was from Indiana. Yeah. There's not a lot of people who like electronic music, let alone house music in Indianapolis. Yeah. And I wasn't really even exposed to electronic music until I was a senior in high school by one friend. Oh, okay. yeah? You know? And then I went to IU where... I mean, the EDM boom was happening, but people weren't really playing it, you know? And then I came to Chicago, and I'm like... Holy shit, everybody loves dance music and music here, yeah. and the friends that I was great friends with are still friends, right? But the people I've met in the music industry, it's like this instantaneous deep connection, dude. I
2: feel you, man. It's yeah. just like when you meet people who are of the same cloth as you, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You can have friends from like wherever, you're from Indiana, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I have my best friends I've been friends with from high school for like 10 years, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But there's still something so intimate about the people that I have met who do the same thing that I do, you know what I'm saying? I love those guys, but- yeah. You know, it's, like, it's just this, like, music, you become it. You become the music. You do become it, you know? yeah.
1: I mean, we're all on the same team. I, I believe this is a collaborative industry, although, yeah. of course, it is a competition to a certain extent. Yeah. Oh, but definitely, bro. But I think in the past year and a half, I've never seen more people in the music industry on all sides willing to help each other out.
2: Yeah, that's, that's crazy that you mentioned that. It's a beautiful thing, man. And, you know, going back to, like, looking at it as a competition, I think, like, you know you look at your favorite sports you look at your favorite players of every mm-hmm. sport that you like it's like th- those guys are good guys off the court you know yeah. what i'm saying but when they're on the court it's like they they want blood you know it's go time it's go time and i think uh, that's a healthy it's a healthy thing it's like the a healthy competitive nature within music is just like you know having a competitive nature in any sport so and oftentimes you can use that as a vehicle to drive, like you know mm-hmm. that fire in you. You know, you know. Yeah. You know, so that I use that a lot too, man. Like um, I love music, and you know, it's, I write a lot of love songs and stuff. But a lot of mm-hmm. like the, the fire comes from just like this competitive, like I, wanna, I mean, I want to win. You know. You got to be hardworking too. You have to,
1: man. You I was. Um, I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan, not only because I love the NBA and Absolutely. his his legacy, but I think everybody knows. He is, without a doubt, one of the most hardworking people, period. Yeah. And I just saw a clip earlier today that I'd seen many times, but it's funny, you know, we're talking about this. He was practicing before a game, and they were playing a playoff game, and another player on the team was coming just to warm up, and he's like, oh, shit, Kobe's already in here, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And then he worked out really hard, like, for two hours, and Kobe was still there. And then Kobe dropped 40 on him that night. And he was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So he goes up to Kobe, and he's like, Kobe, i got to know, like – how do you do that? Like, yeah. you're working hard in practice. He's like, honestly, I saw you come in, and I wanted you to know that no matter how hard you work, I will work harder than you. And I got chills, because, like, in the back in the back of my mind, that's kind of my mentality. I yeah. don't want to be so cutthroat about this shit, but, like, I mean, you got to be willing to outwork people, man.
2: You have to be, man, and it's, like, just, like, you know, in competition, it's, you admire people, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there are artists that I admire that I really like, but, yeah. I, but at the same time wanna be ahead of that, you know what I'm saying? Like I wanna be number one. Like, you know, and um it's just it's as long as it's in a healthy spirit, as long as you're not trying to like, you know, like mm-hmm. be weird and like shady to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another artist, it's fine. But, you know, so shout out to the artists that are you know that are hustling and working with. hard. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So we got to get the full story of you today. Is this the first yeah. time
1: you've done like a podcast interview, like a full yeah. in-depth? Yeah, man. I usually... Well, like, let's look. make it good because, you know, Jesse paid good money for this, huh?
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just kidding. I gave them white claws, man. I'm in the fucking <laughs> red. But <laughs> well, we got to yeah. get the full story today, man.
2: Yeah, man. Let's do it. Where are you originally from? Uh, Chicagoland guy, yeah. right? I was born in uh, Logan Square. Logan Square. Oh, true Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, born and raised. This is my, this is my home. I love that forever. That's awesome, man. Is your family still in the city too? Yeah, my family's still in the city. Uh, my family's from Puerto Rico. I'm uh, first generation. Dude, two yeah. Puerto Ricans in a row for me. I just had Metro on. That's too. That's my guy too, man. I you know, love
1: we, Metro, he's bro. A good, good
2: dude. We spent a lot of time together, man. He's uh, definitely a. Uh, it's good to have a fellow Puerto Rican in the mix. You know, he's what I'm a saying? man. Yeah, he is. Shout big. out Metro. He's such an OG, man. Shout out Metro. Man. I know. He doesn't, he does never, he'll never admit how fucking sick he is, but that's the type of guy he is. Just an OG, man. You got a big family then, like him too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got like, so it's like me, my mom, my my dad, uh, my brother, I got a couple of nieces, but then it's like I got like 20, 30 people in Puerto Rico that just like, <laughs> that exist out there. Yeah, but we're yeah, still, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So right. It's good, man. I love Puerto Rico. Um, I used to go there a lot before COVID. Um, mm-hmm. My family has a house like literally in the middle of nowhere on the side of a mountain. Oh my by, God! Like, acres of rainforest. So it's beautiful there, isn't Dude, it? Dude, man, it's like it's paradise, bro. Like I, I would go there and bring my guitar when I was in high school. Just like you oh know, I God. just spend the summer there, and I just like, I would just catch a vibe, man. Go exploring the rainforest, get bit by some unknown things. The fuck? Bro. pray that you make it.
1: <laughs> That's not catching a vibe, <laughs> dude. That's catching a disease.
2: <laughs> catching a snake, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. It's cool, man. But, yeah, it's cool. I, you know, and I love Puerto Rican food. I love just the culture of being a Puerto Rican man. It's like it's in everything I do. It's that like yeah that flavor, man. For sure, bro. Yeah, I love I love Puerto Ricans and and Hispanic cultures
1: and Latin culture in general, yeah, man. Man, it's awesome. And music is a core component. Absolutely, of you guys. Culture.
2: Absolutely, it's very big. Growing up, like it's just thinking like the Hispanic community is like every Saturday you would wake up as a kid and you would hear the music blasting at 8 a.m. the, the salsa and you know that your mom was gonna make you clean that day so like <laughs> I spent every Are Saturday yeah man I spent every. all I wanted to do was like play Lego Batman and shit on, on Saturday mornings but my mom used to blast the Celia Cruz and we, you know you just wipe the windows down bro like that was it but you know subconsciously I was listening to that you know it's like that's where my, my, like, I would say probably my first experiences with music came Saturday morning house cleaning. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And from there, it's like my mom put me on to a lot of good gospel and put me on to a lot of, like, uh, just the shit that she was playing. And that's kind of where, like, my love. Sure. From.
1: Shout out to your mama. Oh,
2: my God. What's her name? Cynthia. Oh, Cynthia. Cynthia. We love, love you, you. Cynthia.
1: We let him play you. Lego Batman, though. Come on. Yeah, man. It's a good game. You? Just let me play, man. Wiping <laughs> the windows down. <laughs> no, we have to
2: thank her, don't we? Yeah, shout out to my mama. Do you remember who like your first favorite artist was? Yeah, I'll say like... I heard in the club when I was like oh, so seven, wild. I was like, man, I want to be 50 Cent. Same. At, at the age of seven. You <laughs> I know. listened to
1: many men on the bus in third grade, bro. Man. I thought I was hard as fuck. The have version to too. Fuck <laughs> kids
2: up, man. <laughs> 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 man, walking into middle school. Yeah. <laughs> many men, wish Never bomb, bomb me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about, right? It's real, though, man. This, it is real. If you liked hip hop as a kid, you were a real one. That's real true, one. bro. The beats, man yeah I love and I loved like hip hop growing up that was like my first I'm just saying like that's not my first favorite artist but like that was like my first like oh my god I wanna be like that right my first favorite artist was My Chemical Romance man that was like it's one of the greatest rock bands you are hard bro yeah Yeah. another fan bro you see it's like my chem. My MCR was like the <laughs> best. G like We suck. I, we do former scene kids, emo yeah. kids. <laughs> I was the biggest scene kid. But like I, I remember dude YouTube, I was like third I was no, I was eleven. And uh just scrolling through music, listening to Hawthorne Heights, Escape the Fate, you know, the type type shit. Like, oh, for sure. You know. How
1: far into screamo did you go?
2: I was in a screamo band. Dude, oh, scream and played like a black metal. So band. we're talking like Haste the Day, maybe even a little yeah. deeper. In two thousand and ten, I was playing like the uh, hardcore festivals. I oh my I was like god! 18, yeah, in Chicago, in the south side. You a guitar player? Yeah, yeah. I used... You started
1: playing like eight years old, right? I read.
2: Yeah, around like eight or nine. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, man, it was uh, my brother got a. My brother bought a guitar to impress the girls. My brother's ten years older than me. Shout out Johnny, but he uh, he bought a guitar to uh, impress impress women, and he played it one time and never picked it up again. But then I, I picked it up and I started impressing the girls. Your family low key kind of got you into the music world, bro. Yeah, did, without man. even really intentionally doing yeah, it. They did, man. My, like I said, my brother was ten years older than me, so you know you got an older sibling like that, man. You want to be cool like him. Oh, so totally. I remember he would pick me up from second grade playing the worst music, Lil Wayne talking about. <laughs> Drinking, lean, shooting people—you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but that's the stuff that it, it molds you mad. It does. it does. It does, bro. It does. That's awesome. But yeah, man. My Chemical Romance. First time I seen Welcome to the Black Parade, I was like, I seen the dramatics, the dramatics of what they did. I seen like yeah. the costumes. I seen uh, the way the music made me feel, like that big operatic rock. Yeah, kind of thing, right? Really drew me to that. I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd. You know, I, I awesome. respect the shit out of the classics. So, yeah, hearing a band like that, that reminds me so much of Queen. It was like, mm-hmm. man,
3: he,
2: nobody makes music like that anymore. You know, so that was my sure. first, my first love. Oh man, that's awesome,
1: MCR baby. And when did you actually start taking music seriously, like as a passion and a hobby? I mean, when did
2: you realize you could sing? Um, I think. Man, I sang the national anthem when I was like 11 at my uh, school for this like event. Uh-huh. It was so bad, dude. It was like, <laughs> I forgot the lyrics, just like a bunch of room full of parents, you know, just like go ahead, baby, you can <laughs> keep going. I'm nervous and shit, you know, like it was so bad. But like when I did that, I remember my parents were so proud of me. There, like, they told me I did a great job. And it was like, I felt I was on a high, man. And from that moment, I was like, I can sing. I can sing. Wow! So I just worked at it, man. I practice. I got a little mic in my room, and I just I YouTube every day, just trying to sing like my favorite. Singers. Shout out YouTube, YouTube University. Seriously, man, YouTube will teach you any valuable skill you need to know. To be honest with you, like yeah, I learned guitar from YouTube. Mm-hmm. I learned how to sing a lot of techniques from YouTube production. Yep. yep. So you know, if you're if you're young Gen Zers and you uh, you guys got TikTok, they got all that shit on TikTok. Bro, they
1: man. they are way beyond us, but. man.
2: I Sometimes I look at the Gen Zs, man, the Gen Zers, and I'm like, how did that? How did y'all happen, bro?
1: I can't even... That's a whole other podcast interview for us. Seriously. I feel you, though. I mean, it's another level with that. It is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't get it, man, but I need to get it, you know?
1: The YouTube world, though. But yeah. one thing that I've learned a lot from singers and just hearing about it is I think a lot of people think that you're born able to sing. Yeah. And maybe some are with that natural
2: talent, but... Singing is a muscle that you work out, right? Yeah. It's uh, it's on the diaphragm. Yeah. If anybody who's taken, like, classes from, like, any, any professional, they'll always teach you to not sing from your throat, not to sing from your nose, but to sing from uh, your diaphragm um, make, and to breathe I'd, from there. I'd be a good singer if I did that, I bet. <laughs> you would, bro. <laughs> I don't know about
1: that, yeah. We would write some songs together, man. It'd be sick. You, Me and Jesse are starting a band, bro. I heard, man. My chemical cover. I want right. to be in the band,
2: dude. What? <laughs> I want to play the triangle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you be our backup singer dude because i'm now singing from my diaphragm so <laughs> you can take lead, you can yeah, take okay. lead. <laughs> they, would, they would love that you can take lead. that's awesome but you you obviously like loved it and then said i'm taking it seriously like i'm gonna go for it yeah man
2: i um i looked at a lot of different options in high school of you know what my friends were doing some of them were gonna go work for the parents some of the some of them were just gonna go to college and yeah there was uh i, I also i started playing guitar in my church uh you know, I was, like, 13, and, like, just this, like, feeling that I would get when I was on stage, you know, and, um, I would play, I'd play my guitar, and I'd sing for people, and to see the way that it would move people, just the way that, like, my favorite artists used to move me, you know? Yeah. Um, and sing that firsthand made me want to take it seriously. i seen the way that you can, uh, some people write in a diary, some people write songs, and, yeah. you know, you can take that emotion that you put in the record, and you can feed people with it, mm-hmm. and you can, um... You can affect them, and you can you can change their you know their mood and their their circumstance. So when I seen that, and I seen the profound effect that it had on, on people, it was like yeah. this is I want to change the world, and I I felt like I could change the world with my guitar.
1: Absolutely. You know? So you were playing original compositions before you were songwriting and singing then?
2: Yeah, yeah, I was uh, writing really shitty guitar ballads in my room.
1: But still original.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're still they're still original, um, but yeah, man, I wrote songs for years and years and never did anything with them. Um, I dropped a song, my first song. When I was like fifteen, called "Faded Memories," a country song. I couldn't find that one, dude. I, thank God, bro. They must have <laughs> keep the algorithm burying that shit. We do not want to see that. I did not find uh, that one. Dude, it's so cringy now. It's looking back, but it's the building blocks. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, it's, man. It's that. Uh, it's that shit. So I, had, I did that. Um, that was when I first started taking it seriously. Was I released that song, "Faded Memories"? Mm-hmm. Um, next year, I released another song at sixteen. Started playing like the Battle of the Bands, trying to like do open mics and nice and get people to know, you know, who I was. But it really didn't kick off until I joined uh, my band right. right out of high school. Um, my band was like, that was my first experience being in, in a rock band and everybody was like 10 years older than me, but um, I was 17 and... I just, you know, I gravitated toward the rock scene, man. It was kind of popping in, like, 2014, 2013. Oh, yeah, man. People were playing shows all the time. You know, like, Subterranean was popping. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lincoln Hall, Shuba's, like, all those, all those joints were popping. so
3: Yeah, for sure. That was when
2: we were, you know, we, were, we started playing those shows right out of high school. And my first show out of high school was uh, House of Blues show. Uh, Damn near sold out, man. And, like, uh... Wait, what was the band name? I was, uh, The Pact
1: the pact yeah it's pretty name. shout out to the
2: pact yeah that's a good name mad love for you guys thank you for the for so the you got a platform. taste of the stage though pretty early on too oh yeah man i was big big crowd went from like playing two people shows at like this MC wasn't Bobby. a national anthem in front of all the parents anymore no, man this was like the best the best memory i have from my first house of blue show was like we pulled up and we were surprisingly we were the headliners which is really cool and um we got to the venue, and I they took us up to the green room, man. You see that wall. You see every person you admire play yeah. that venue and signed that damn wall. <sighs> Dude, I signed my name right next to uh, uh, Guns N' Roses on that wall, bro. Like, I found a little spot. There. <laughs> like, it, was, it was all crowded. You probably can't see it now. But, you know, I was like, man, I saw that. I wrote that shit, man. And it was like, I remember going out there right before our set, and I seen, like, 10 people. And I was like... We're going to play another yeah. show with my mom and my dad in the audience. <laughs> that's it. You know, it sucks. But then I remember 10 minutes later, I came back out, bro. You couldn't move. The whole place was just swarmed, Like, it was packed. And that's when I was like, did I just want 10 people there or do I want 500 people there? And I was like, this is real. Like, this wow. is Wow. So I went out there, man. It was like, I had just so much adrenaline, bro. I jumped off an amp right when we got out. I was just like trying to do the r- Jumped off the stage. Went into the crowd with the mic. It was, like, oh, my, my first shit. real, man, it was my first real, like, rock experience, and, you know, we kept playing those shows, and I played uh, really big Lincoln Hall shows, and we just we were just doing our thing here, and, you know, uh, out of high school, we were on XRT, too, so that's a cool, you know, cool feeling, like, this is right out of high school, at 93 point, I forgot what station that was, man, what was it, ninety three point nine or something like that? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. something like that. And then just like turn on the radio, man, after school and hearing your song on the radio. It's, That's pretty fucking epic. It was insane, man. It was insane. But the rock star life is, it's a, even the local rock star life is a dangerous. uh... For
1: sure. And they were 10 years older than you?
2: Yeah, man. So I was like, they were in a different phase. Yeah, it made me more advanced. It made me uh, do things I wouldn't normally do if I was, you know, at that age that I wouldn't have done, you know? Yeah. But, you know, everything's a learning experience. And, you know, you, you cross certain lines for a reason and so you know I think I gained a lot of knowledge from from being in the band and and doing the touring thing and all that and for sure yeah man but you mentioned to me before
1: we went live that
2: eventually you grew apart you wanted to do your own thing
1: what drew you to that decision
2: um man it's it was tough because those are my best friends you know like those as as older that they you know they were mad older than me but at the end of the day those guys still accepted me as at my age. And
1: the music united you, so it didn't even matter yes, the age. Man.
2: Yeah, man, it it really didn't matter, but yeah. um you know, we did this for 2 years and I was in love with it. I loved, you know, everything we were doing, but it comes to a, a point like a crossroads where you know, when you have 5 people in a group and 5 people have to agree on the same decision, yeah. Not all 5 are ever going to agree on the same thing. That's true. Um and especially like being a younger guy like me at the time was like 17, 18 um, you know, you feel like your voice is, you know, just a little smaller. But, um, you know, it, it came to a point where I felt like I was ready to go solo. Like, yeah, I had written all these songs. I was, uh, you know, put, putting this, like, this new thing together, this new Josh R C thing. And uh, I was going to call myself RCJ. What a terrible name. But, like... <laughs> Yeah. What is this? 2005. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, and then it was, we came to a a point in 2018 where I sat everybody down and we all got together and I was like, you know, I love you guys and I love the journey that we were on and you, you can't replace these experiences, you know, it was like, it was, it was something that like I dreamed of as a kid and, you know, and I was very grateful for the, for the, uh, all the experiences we shared and, and the progress we made, but you know, I saw myself just doing something different at the time. You yeah, know? absolutely. And it, it worked out. You know, it, it worked. You know, it's like it didn't work out immediately, but, you know, it was, it, was, um, it was a work in progress. I met Jesse while I was in the band, and that totally, like, meeting him and making music with, with my manager, Jesse, made me feel like I could quit this band and still go on.
1: I was gonna say it's it's really tough when you're having success, especially playing shows in front of people, yeah. like you latch to that. That's something that you never really expect. No. Or it's what you hope for,
2: right? It is, man, and you know, you there were people who would just like fly and they would come to the shows and you know it'd see like the same person at every show and be like, Where do you live? Like, I'm from Texas, I fly out to see every pack show or like we always come through. Wow. Yeah, man. It, that was a that was the great experience. But I owe it to that time period, the the rock band time period that made me able to do what i'm doing now yeah for sure yeah man that's awesome growing thick skin very very
1: mature of you and jesse i mean you guys were telling me like you said will you manage me
2: and he was like what Dude, we <laughs> used to me and jesse used to like sit in his apartment we met at Affleck. we used to work at aflac together and he was doing great he was killing shit this guy was like the shit there i didn't do anything i can see that yeah he was did he have what? long hair then too did you? No, he he was very clean cut guy, very very clean cut. <laughs> Full circle now, huh? Yeah, we, we hit it off. We hit it off pretty immediately. We were like working at Aflac with these like two girls that we met there, and it was just like we just had like this cool like, this, you know, he was still getting worked on, I was getting worked up. Um, yeah, man, we we met there and we tried to, you know, we had chemistry immediately off the bat. Right, was, like, right. We liked the same things. We're into the same music. We're you know just kind of like cut from the same cloth and. You, when you meet somebody like Jesse, man, it just, it makes everything else you do so much easier. For sure, man. You know, he's, he's that kind of guy. He's your partner. He's, you know, forever and always. Yeah. He's here
1: right now, ladies and gentlemen. He's, uh. He's... You can, you want to say hello? How's
0: it going, guys? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, man. That's awesome, though, man. And, and I love that you show love like that for him because yeah. you guys have both put in a lot of work and mm-hmm. I mean, to look at where you're at now. It's really it's it's pretty impressive, like thank you, dude. You got two people working full time in your project, bro. So like
2: that's <laughs> badass. Yeah, man, it's uh it's this project is a little different. It's it's definitely got more hands in it, it's got more fire in it. It's mm-hmm. it's got it's got a little more a lot more realness and uh I just I'm in love with it. Yeah, I mean the coolest thing
1: to me is and I wanna get into your music here. So twenty nineteen was the first real solo release for you, right? Yeah. Was it Something About You was the first? Yes. Let's listen to Josh Arce's first release. It's called Something About You.
0: Holding my heart in your hands So don't forget about it Keep it together for me i'll keep it together for you yeah now i can't sleep and now i can't eat thinking about what you've been doing all damn week that's when i realize you're the one i can't live without
1: these discographies you know you listen to some of the first tracks i can tell maybe the production's a little lower but the idea is there this track is four hundred thousand plays for a fucking reason bro like it's a good fucking track <laughs> and i was you, like dude. i was like damn this is fucking good and now a lot of it makes sense because you had that experience in the music industry you have good taste you had a good team you, you took man. it seriously how did this track though end up becoming your first release
2: something about you man that was so that was wasn't that, that was two, two year old bro dude we re- <laughs> no he's right he's yeah like, yeah but we, we recorded that in 2018 that was like the okay f- the first like actual song we made together yeah and it was like i think we just we went to the studio we finished in like two or three sessions it, it was like a record where we were like we knew what we wanted to make we needed to make something that was kind of simpy that was like gonna you know you Know you can't come out with something like edgy, you gotta like do something like something about you, so for sure. We uh we sat down, we wrote that song, man, about an imaginary girl, and uh that was, that was something about you, man. It was, it was a great first look, and it, it helped me understand what people want from me,
1: right? Yeah, in the process of releasing a song, creating a song, yeah, really the whole package, right?
2: Yeah, yeah man, it was uh. It's my first experience making a big pop record. For sure. Yeah, no guitars, no one bass, no one going crazy, you know, no drummer going crazy. Yeah. So it was it was interesting, and it was interesting to sing soft again until, like, you know, mm-hmm. getting the little little sweetheart vibe. But, you know, from, from that point forward, we knew what the vision was. It's so, awesome, man. Yeah.
1: I think it's a great track, Thank for you, sure. It you. deserves that recognition. Thank you, man. One of my favorite tracks for me, though, Real Slow. This song's fucking hot, dude. Mm. This song's hot. Real Slow. I told you I dig, bro. <laughs> This one's got that Latin vibe. It's like a fusion of Bad Bunny with a little bit of Justin Timberlake to me. Thank you, man. Like, I know I mentioned Bad Bunny, but, like, JT comes in on this a little bit. You know, that little swag. I don't know what to say, you you know? It's sick, though. Like, the influence, obviously, I hear a lot in all of your songs. I can't even put... I mean, you have one word sometimes that you sing in a song where I'm like, "Woof!" Like I said earlier, bro, like it's <laughs> pretty, it's pretty fucking cool. Thank Do you remember you, like what you were inspired by in 2019 during Real Slow? Yeah,
2: it was, uh, we wanted to make a Latin record. This is when I, this when I first met Metro, uh, that, yeah. that time period. And uh-huh. It was like, I had never, up until that point, my going out was going to like rock clubs all the weekend. And, For like, sure. I see my favorite bands. I never went to a club or like never, really went to any of these spots downtown and yeah. like, when i met metro kind of like it, it showed me it was like damn like you gotta make spicy records baby. spicy indeed you Yeah, you gotta make yeah. spicy <laughs> records that make you know that make the make the ladies you know move and shit so he he kind of you know that was around that time period but real slow uh it was it's a spanish you know a spanish influence record yeah uh, we recorded that in his bedroom uh very low low quality but you know it can't it comes out a little differently you know That's the thing, too, man. I think so many
1: people out there think you got to be in this massive studio with a million fucking knobs. And Mm -hmm. I think all the stories you guys told me today were either in Jesse's sister's room or in his room or in a cold, dark room with one (laughs) candle on where you guys are about to move out of.
2: (laughs) Dude, we, yeah, we bring the studio everywhere. We, like, go anywhere, record anywhere where there's, like, a chair. If, as long as there's a chair yeah, record there. You can just use your fucking phone and get the idea out then, too. Literally, dude. It's, you have to get it out fast, because if you hold on to the idea,
1: you're going to lose the fire. And so. you never know when creativity is going to spark, Same. too. And I feel like when I'm like, if we're like, all right, we're going to the studio in two weeks on this day, we have it rented out. Unless it's like we're finishing everything up, I feel like the pressure's on to be creative, and yeah. it's really hard to be creative. It's true. Within it's, a timeline.
2: It's true, because creativity... I feel like creativity truly flourishes when you're at peace and when you're just yeah. like you're kind of in the in a good peaceful calm headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like pressure can't bring the best out of some people, you know. That's true. It, it can but creativity creativity creatively. Yeah. I feel like just being in a good headspace is when you can come out with the best stuff. Yeah. best music.
1: I totally agree, man. Yeah. It's a sick track, though. Thank you, brother. And honorable mention in one second, the production on that track is A1. Was this... You guys... Like, are you guys literally making the beats on all these tracks, too?
2: Yeah, we, we're we making pretty much most of the beats. If And if there's, like, a collaborator that we've, like, worked with, it's another hand in there. So it's okay. go- always going to be us three. Always. It's always going to be us three. Uh, me, him, and then, like, we work with Keegan now. Keegan's, like, our guy. He's mm-hmm. 16-year-old psycho producer from the middle of nowhere in Ohio, just makes like wheezy out of here young thug level like tight beats like it's just n- nothing like it man that kid's crazy he's a shit he makes all lot shit now that's incredible
1: do you he's know what city town city. he's actually from in ohio i yes. see you man outside of canton
2: outside, of, outside canton. of canton
1: yeah yeah that's pretty pretty podunk out there really? shout out to canton, no doubt well i mean it's okay. it's not like that bad like it's south of cleveland but yeah it's good people out there not for sure it's you know. It's probably the only game. kid making rap beats though in that time <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's killing it man that that's so, awesome man yeah, and dude, that's, that's great cool. if you can find somebody that that knows you on a personal level yeah. i feel like they can reach you differently on an inspirational musical yeah level. man
2: and the, good, the best thing about him is like besides his talent he's just hungry and he has no mm-hmm. ego and it's like when you meet someone who's hungry and has no ego that's 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 a path to damn bro, oh, man, bro. that's sick yeah that's sick so closing out 2019
1: Can you remember back to, like, you guys discussing where you were at creatively? Like, were
2: you still working on your sound, your vision, or just enjoying the process? We were working on everything. But, like, Mm -hmm. the thing is, man, in, like, 2019, I felt like I should have already been on. And it was, like, a big mistake in my mind to think that, you know. It's, like, we we talk about this thing uh, in my camp where it's called the two-year rule. And, like, oftentimes when you feel like you are somewhere, at a certain point in time, you're two years behind where you, you know... We you think you actually are um you're two years ahead so you know in 2019 i thought it was 2021 already i thought i was like man my sh- shit should be playing you know here 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 you know mm-hmm. i should be you know doing this this and this and we you know i thought i was like thought that that was the level but I, it's a natural thing i guess for but,
1: sure and you do have, have to have a little bit of an ego in the music industry. yeah you definitely you have to believe in yourself yes which yes. sometimes can come off as a ego
2: it does it does and um it was like man, twenty nineteen. Like I said, that we should have been out. We made a lot of records that we didn't release. I think we wrote probably like fifty to eighty songs within uh, like twenty nineteen. Jesus, like just flesh, you know, and uh, shit that we were like thinking of dropping, but. At the time, we were in such a we were in this headspace where like we're so new to this that we felt like if you had a really hot record, you needed yeah. to hold on to it. Yeah, and you can't drop it right away because if you drop it, it's not the right time, you don't have the right you know machine behind it. But that is suicide, it, it is. is the worst thing you can do as an artist is hold on to great records because you think they're not going to fall upon the ears you know that you want them to if you put a if you're an artist and you say that you oh great this is my best song ever you need to put that out within the next like month or so yeah because you know you in your head you're gonna be like oh i'm not ready for this yet i need this this and this it's like no that's gonna come with it with that record you know what i'm saying
1: i love that and i think for a lot of producers out there that aren't singers right like that you just make a beat in your studio you're like all right i gotta get this signed on a label it's a summer track so i gotta sign it like this and like Dude, that game is fucking tough, man, Mm because then you're in the waiting game, and also, you know, when you put a track out, it sounds different than before you released it, right? Get that feedback from your fans, get that feedback from your friends, whatever, right, and then move on to the next one. Absolutely. It's like never finishing a fucking book. This is my best book. I'm working on finishing it. Finish the fucking book and move (laughs) on to your next fucking book, my man, you know? Like, I love that. Yeah, man. I wish more people thought like that.
2: Yeah, and I think more people are, are picking up on that kind of like mentality and that kind of lifestyle. Music yeah. is just now the way that content comes out so fast. It's like, dude, you're gonna drop a song, and you know if they really like the song, they'll probably listen through a verse and a hook, and maybe you know the second verse. But that's all you're gonna get, man. That's all you're gonna get. You gotta appeal to people's um, attention spans, and if they like it enough, they won't have a short attention span for, for you, sure. You know? And content is king. And exactly. Quality content is king exactly. too. So, to all my artists that are watching this, drop it. Just drop the song. Drop it. Drop the song. Don't fuck wait on yeah. it. Don't don't have a song and be like, man, I can hear Future on this. I gotta hold on to this so I know Future. No, don't do that. Future doesn't give a fuck future about don't you. Future not give a fuck about you. Just <laughs> hanging out with Ty. You don't give a fuck. Drop the song. Drop the song. Make Future give a fuck about you. That's exactly it. Make Future give a fuck about you. Drop a record that's so hot in your city that Future wants to be like, damn, I gotta, I gotta hop on that shit, like. I mean that happened with Kanye
1: West and uh, Lil Pump, right? I I love, I love it. it. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Such a I'm pretty sure Kanye like heard how hot he was fucking doing and was like, I gotta get, I gotta get a beat with this kid, right?
2: Because that's the most random like placement, bro. Like Kanye, <laughs> Ka- Easy and Lil Pump, man. Bro, I know, but that song did so fucking well, it was right? Saw man, I, I still like this. I still like
1: that song too. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, into 2020. Yeah. Big, big year for you. Obviously, a weird year for music, but I feel like you did such a great job with content, music, like everything, the full package. So, kudos to you. Now, looking back, Um, a track I want to talk about, Bury Me. Oh wow! Featuring Gustavo Bands. Oh yeah. Can I just say Gustavo Bands might be the coolest rap name ever.
2: <laughs> Gustavo
1: Bands, bro. Shout like, out Gustavo, man. Shout out Gustavo. That track is pretty epic, and it right was you. the first when he really had a collaboration with another yeah. rapper. Yeah. Was that in the studio together? Or how did that all come together?
2: We uh, so uh, my manager is always shopping around for different artists and right. looking for like the next thing. So he, you know, he came across uh, Gustavo. Uh, at the time, actually, we were we were getting ready to start working on the uh, like the next Juice World project in twenty nineteen. We, okay. we had kind of gotten in with some producers, uh, you know, they fucked with the sound, and so they were like, you know, come to LA at this point and work, and then do like the next week. Juice World died, and it was like holy shit. We just it just kind of like felt flat, but for sure. Yeah. Yeah. but so we met Gustavo through that through that whole encounter. Oh, okay. um, and we recorded that song in Jesse's living room actually in his there apartment. we go, just like. Three backwards deep, just like, yeah, you know, just getting in, getting in it, man. <laughs> Gustavo was there, man. We caught a vibe, and, and I love that record. I wrote that record about uh, some uh, a, a past relationship, and it's smooth, man. It's just like that when you hear like that, bury me, like it's just the content of that. I like I like edginess and mm-hmm. I like saying extreme things, but having them be pretty, you know, like the songs, yeah, called bury me, the covers, a coffin, yeah. But the song is like, you know, growing up, you wanted to marry me, but now you want to bury me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's got, it's got some energy to
2: it for Thank sure. You, dude. And then that was like my first hip hop collaboration. I've always wanted to, I felt like my music needed rappers on it. Like there was just this like. Definitely. 50-50 yin yang balance that I needed and rappers bring that to me a lot. For sure. It Again, it's, it's so cool for me to like listen through your whole discography, but
1: only knowing your music in the past year, right? Yeah. And then I see how you've kind of diversified yourself and. I know you guys think about your music, too, in a business way, too. So I think oh, yeah. it's really cool that you were like, let's get on a track with somebody like Gustavo. Yeah, right. absolutely. Let's challenge him. Let's challenge me. Let's challenge the
2: producer. Yeah. Track turned yep. out really well. Jesse made that beat, actually. Yep. Does fucking everything, man. Pulp chair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I talk about Jesse a lot, man. No, it's awesome, man. He's part of the team. Yeah um so you know we talked about apollo xo already we gotta show some mad love to him one oh, of my God. favorite fucking i love you apollo djs producers just all-around good guy yeah. all right let's check out some brand spanking new music this one's called another love by apollo xo featuring josh arce i've
0: been falling farther from you just a thought keeps me in the Back and tell me
1: About these tracks with him yeah uh got you and tokyo rain tokyo rain is actually my favorite apollo xo song oh my favorite really? Josh RC song though yeah bro <laughs> lately i've been living stress-free stress free. <laughs> <laughs> that Your song i bro, bro that, was that, was that song had me hooked right away bro Jeez. yeah right away and that beat is so hot
2: you so real for that yeah
1: no i love that shit i'm a deep cut guy but got you This was one I was really excited about when I listened to it for the first time. Yeah. Because it's got like weekend energy to it. I mean, it almost has like, it's like a Swedish, old school Swedish House Mafia, kind of what they did right now, you know, but Mm -hmm. if you took it back in time. A massive trap drop with some smooth vocals here. Like mm-hmm. that was a track for you guys to be like, this can be played in the club, yes, right? Yes. How did you approach that? Did he get in the instrumental to
2: you first or like, what did the actual timeline look like there? Oh, uh, we had just met. This was like probably the first month we had met him and he, he don't Jesse at that point for like a little bit. Right. Um, but we, I went to his crib. This is the first time I met him. Um, it was just like instant. We just had chemistry instantly. Like he's like, yeah. just a cool ass fucking dude. Like, it's just, I mean, he's the man. You can, Yeah, exactly. So we hit it off, man, and um, he was playing this, like, he had these, like, beats that he was playing me, and all this shit was hard, and then I was, he had a guitar, he's like, a Gibson SG in the corner, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, it's cool if I just fuck with your guitar real quick, and he was like, yeah, go ahead. So I picked it up, and I plugged it in, and I started playing that. Dun, 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 yeah, that oh, okay. Yeah, that, like, Spanish-sounding, like, Desperado-type shit, and I was, like, playing the slide with it, and then they were like, Plug that shit in. Let's go. Like, let's go. (laughs) And so, we we, that whole day just like we we laid that whole guitar out and you know, we wrote those verses. And uh, it was kind of, uh, I listened to that record. Oh, sometimes forget that shit exists, man. It's been so long. I I told you I was gonna unlock some memories tonight, man. Sheesh, core memories. That's a good one. Thank you, man.
1: Thank and it's you. it's It's cool. And you got a new track coming out, and then by the time this is out, it'll be yes, out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, obviously, you guys work well together. And it's always special when you see a producer like Apollo, who really produces a lot of different music. Yes. I mean, House, Trap. Yes. I mean, it's his music is kind of like his DJ sets. Like, you literally have no fucking idea. There's no rules for him. That's what makes him
2: so cool. He's so eclectic, man. He's like... Yeah. He's gonna play you like some like dirty trap, and then he's gonna play like a an Abba remix, and it's he gonna be the hardest. Also, might drop "All I Want for Christmas Is You" in June. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget, dude, at Tao in like twenty nineteen. This dude, his, uh, I think it was like near Christmas show. This dude brought out Santa Claus. It was fucking sick. <laughs> Apollo, shout out, Apollo, man. We love you. Bro. You're, you're such a <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. Uh, okay, next up,
1: probably your your most Reputable and famous track Phases. I absolutely love this track, and I know you guys will too. This one's called Phases. Baby, we're falling apart.
0: Maybe we just gotta face it. You should see someone else. Maybe try to switch the faces. Monday, Tuesday, change it up. Thursday, Friday, back in love. Well, I can't keep up with the way you're changing. Oh, we've
1: song overall it's one of your most successful streaming songs too yeah 700k yeah, yeah. pretty fucking awesome and it makes sense because it's easy to like but in the sense that it's raw and emotional so people can like get on it and like get whatever they want out of the song yeah man you know what yeah. i mean like it has layers to it and i, I want to know the story behind this track dude
2: oh man so like phases was like a multiple month process for one song it was like uh, we were working with my boy Max Deer mm-hmm. um, and my other homie uh, Abel and you know these guys are like seasoned veteran professionals and we were like the newbies and so like we, we were sitting down for these sessions in like the most beautiful studio ever they had and uh, <laughs> Max is like a guitar aficionado he, like makes me look like Mickey Mouse on guitar he's like <laughs> he's just he's fucking dope so he uh, yeah. he laid down man Faith, he was just like he had this idea wait no Jesse and I had written a song a year prior to that with the same like hook of Phases. Okay. And we were like, man, we got to do something with that. We got to do something with that. We yeah, got to do yeah, something yeah. with that. It was undone. And then Max started playing this riff, and we started singing the melody from the song we wrote, and that's how Phases came. And wow. Yeah, out of the graveyard. Out of the graveyard, bro. It was like, it took so much time to finish that record and really get that record to where we wanted it to be, because when we were writing that song, like we felt the, what it could be, you know, we felt like, Oh, this is going to be the biggest Josh record like to date. And it, it was, and it was uh, one That's of the more, awesome. one of the more real records that I've written. And, um, for sure. Sometimes I feel like as an artist, um, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I don't know about other artists, but I tend to write music from like a, uh, Like you can't hurt me standpoint Mm -hmm. and sometimes it takes a little bit of the vulnerability away from the music and sure you know so phases i feel like was the first record where i was really like let it all out and i was like i can bleed like yeah i bleed too yeah 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 and i was i stopped being too cool for myself and i was like you know these are i was going through real experiences and i was like you know just talk about just like let everybody else hear it and and, uh, associate with it and man, I got so many messages from people to this day, just like man, I went through a breakup, and you know, my girl cheated on me, my boyfriend dipped on me, like just the worst. And they'll be like, I hear phases, and it makes me feel like I'm not alone. You know, like
1: type what's shit. your what's your most profoundly lyric from that song? Do you think? Um, well, I mean, profound, like wow. Well, what what what's, I guess what's your favorite lyric? Like what's always one that you're thinking? Like oh damn, I fucking
2: love that line. I love that that pre-hook kind of line where it's like we found love in all these different places so yeah. don't give up because uh, it's like love is a journey and I have been learning that for some time and I'm only I'm only 24 now so I still have a lot to learn about love and about life but sure um it was uh yeah man it's that like love is a journey and love is a, is a process and um you know that that record kind of cemented that in my head for me it was it was yeah. like an emotional like step with with that record so I would say that "Phases" was the first song that I developed an emotional attachment to. A real cornerstone for you, yeah. I would say, yeah, man, and and it was the fact that everybody loved it, and soccer moms could play it, and you know, love That's it. That's what I mean.
1: Like you can get whatever
2: you want out of that song. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. I'm not talking shit. I'm not being like no. You know, you're cursing. being you exactly. You're being being myself. So that was my first taste of like you know I'm vulnerable too. I bleed, and I don't have to be too cool for everybody. I don't right. Have, everybody doesn't need to think of some like tough ass like gangster i'm a singer like you know what i'm saying so, yeah, yeah yeah so i was i dove into that mindset for phases and killed the ego for that shit
1: that's awesome thank you man. fuck yeah bro i yeah that song is like it's one of those songs where i heard it i think i heard it like when it first came out i listened to it like three times in a row wow man you know like there are songs that sometimes you do that and we were talking about it earlier right like to me that was a song that i share with people it wasn't just play and you know, oh really? On a playlist, yeah, bro.
2: It's a fucking good song, dude. I to this day be sh- so shocked when someone's like, "I love this record," or, like, "I love this song so much." I sent it, like, you know, what I'm saying, like, this is people were sp- sending me their Spotify rap, bro, and I was like, number one on their that shit. <laughs> That's awesome, and, like, it was, bro. Like, Weekend Bieber, Josh, <laughs> like, I had so many. There of those. we go. I couldn't believe. I was like, "Damn, people really like." Listen to this shit, you know, and it, man, it, it means so much. Dude. It means so much, bro, so thank you for Bro, that. of course. Thank you, man,
1: thank you. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. I had a humbling moment like that this year, too, where people shared that they listened to, like, 300 minutes of Sherman the Booth, and I'm like, really? You listen to my fucking squeaky-ass Jewish voice for 300 <laughs> no, minutes? bro. Some of it was more. I'm like, wow, like...
2: You gotta look at it this way, bro. You're breaking ground, dude. This yeah. is... Man, I grew up in this city, and like at this point, like if there were other people who I was going to hear about doing something like this, I would have heard, man, you you the first one to like take it to that level. I can't believe it, honestly. For years, I was like, I'm going to run into
1: somebody else that's doing this, that's like been doing it longer, but that's what's so exciting for me, and why I feel like I have no limits or barriers on what I can do and Don't, who I want to talk to.
2: You could do whatever you want, bro, and you're going to keep getting people, I mean, because you have a very legit platform, but you're also a very good guy, you're a genuine dude, it's gonna keep the people coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're a music professional, bro. You know your shit. So I just
1: love music, dude. Like,
2: <laughs> that's it, bro. It's as
1: simple as that. Like, yep. my parents raised me on music too, and I mean, my dad is not a music aficionado, but I've got his records over there, like the original Michael Jackson Thriller. My mom's Bruce oh. Springsteen. You know, like you got OG Michael. OG Michael, bro. I'll whip it out for you guys so you know it's real because it Jeez. was in a flood and the thing got ripped, but oh. it still works. No. <laughs> no. But like. That, that was so cool for me, like, listening to their records that they bought back in the day, like, and that's the, I always ask DJs who went from the vinyl era to the digital era, like, yeah. to me, going into a record store and listening to music and being like, I can only buy this record, I can only buy this album, right? Now we got homies like, you know, our 16-year-old boy who can just, like, go rip a song and sample that shit real quick Literally. in less than five minutes. And the the tangible aspect of music to me, that's why I love the DJ, like, And why I love records. It's like, it gives me, like, sort of a sensory experience that's more than listening. Yeah. You know? And that's why I love talking about music, because I feel like I'm able to speak about it when it's so hard to put music into words sometimes, even though that's what it is, right? It
2: is, man. It's like, you're a music nerd. I'm a music nerd, (laughs) man. Yeah, we are. (laughs) I'd be sitting there for hours watching artist interviews, just like, that, you know, just learning from them, you know what I'm saying? And like, watching the way people do things. And that's, that's just the love of music, bro absolutely it's, it's just a passion it's like being a music nerd's a compliment all right it's a compliment cool. bro we're music nerds we're all music nerds we're all in here music, geeks. music fucking geeks
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so 2021 we just closed it out we're gonna get right into it though bro this fucking album late to the party yes so this album has it all smooth jams with the windows down raw emotional tracks song you want to listen to in the morning songs you want to listen to at night but My question for you, right, we're in an age where it seems like everybody wants to release singles because there's so much marketing and promo that goes behind that, and we think that works. I think we talked about it. We don't really know what the fuck works. Nope. Why did you decide to put this album together versus I'm going to release 13 singles, or how many tracks were on the album?
2: 13, I think, right? Was it
1: 13? Yeah, Yeah, 13, 13,
2: right. Um... At, up until this point we dropped so many singles and it's like the single was it was cool like dropping singles worked and it was right, like, you know cause people are gonna focus on one thing they're gonna love one thing and then you know that that's good but man we're a little bit older than you know a lot of these young cats out here so mm-hmm. we love albums man I love projects my I, I love albums too dude, it's about the project bro it's about how 1 to 13 flows and you know, you want to give your fans something to eat, something like that, some real food. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you want, you, you're gonna give them singles. You're gonna tease them. You're gonna do this, but that's hors d'oeuvres, baby. Exactly. Where's man. the main course? Yes, it's appetizers, bro. You, you got to drop the steak,
1: man. No, bro. You make You serve hors d'oeuvres, bro. So. <laughs> this isn't DGI Fridays. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. there you go. You you got to do that, but. You know, it was like, we went late to the party, man. Late to the party was a two-year process. It started in uh, 2019 in his bedroom, uh, in the South Loop. And we were just like, every single day, we had no life. We would just get together every single day, write a billion songs, and that was it. We'd sleep over, and then wake up the next day and do it again. Dude, yeah. you guys are fucking awesome. Thank you, man. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's the late to the party, man. It started that way, and... Um, we would have people come and listen to these to our news to our sessions and unfinished records, and people would give us like you know critiques on them. Okay. Um, and so we started working in twenty nineteen late to the party. It started really kicking off in twenty twenty when, um, around like the same time coronavirus like kicked off and shit. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Twenty twenty, um, where we were like we had five songs and we were like these are the hottest songs ever. We need to drop an EP, bro. We need to like, do an EP. <laughs> So we were like, we were at uh, my homie Vibes studio in South Loop. Shout out to Vibes. Shout out uh, LSD Studios. Um, we were there recording this EP, man. It was supposed to be like a hip hop EP, five songs. And so we recorded the EP and we, we just kept writing these like different records. And we were like, yo, we can't stop at this five. Like this, this ain't going to work. This EP ain't going to work. Yeah. Um, and then we had this one song where I was like, man, I need a feature on this. Like we needed, we needed a feature and uh, uh, Cowboy, man. 147 Cowboy. Shout out. Shout out to Cowboy, man. The last rapper to blow up out of this city. He he showed mad love, man. He was very receptive to getting on the record. That's awesome. Um, to this day, he'll still like comment on shit that has to do with the record. And it'd be really cool. But we got him on a song, man. We got 147 Cowboy Multi Platinum um, on that joint. Um, and then it was like after we got the feature... It was like, well, it has to be an album now. You know what I'm saying? You can't get <laughs> yeah. the can't get he gave me a sixteen bar feature, man. I thought he was just gonna give me an eight bar feature. Like you if you would hit any rapper right now, they'd be like, they just give you like a lazy ass eight bar. But yeah. I hit him he hit him up and he gave me sixteen, bro, and he snapped. And the song goes bro. in. Bro, he didn't like he didn't cut no shortcuts, he didn't like say no like some weird shit. He went in on those records and he killed his verse, so that kind of set the precedent. I was like, all right, he yeah. came with that fire, I got dropping out. Right, so, right. Wow. We were just writing, man. I was, I was writing. I was twenty twenty. Was like a little weird, tumultuous time in my life. Uh, very uh, un. I didn't know where I was headed. You know, I was. We were still doing the music thing. Um, I was in a, just a weird relationship during the time, and it's yeah. like, you know, sometimes things can uh, knock you out of your element. And uh take you out of your take you out of your glow. And, you know, I had I had reached the point in twenty twenty where we were working on this project and it'd come to points where like we'd work on the project Hard, 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 hard. Great. We love this song, great. And then I'd go back to like my normal life and I'd like look around me and I'd see like everything around me. I'd see my girlfriend, I'd see like my whole life from that point and I'd be like, mm. Something's not something's yeah. not right. Because I was turning a switch on and off. Yeah. That switch should have stayed on. Yep. And there was I had to like reassess am like why why is it that, like, you know, as I'm working on this album, uh, you know, we're, we're coming out these great records, and, you know, I, I feel this fire in me, but then as soon as, like, I leave the studio, it's like, I just, I don't, I feel, like, very vulnerable. I feel like nobody wants to hear my voice. I feel like nobody gives a shit. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes artists come to that point where you have so much extra shit going on in your life um, that it starts to take away from you, and, you, know, yeah. you know, it works with your head. Um, and that was Late to the Party, man. Late to the Party, I wrote that album during, like, a tornado of my life. And, uh, you can hear it in some of those records. You, you kind of hear this, like, this, like... And when I listen back to Late to the Party, I hear I hear a lot of great records. And, you know, there was, it was a journey we recorded in L.A. for a while. We were just traveling back and forth recording that shit. But, um, I look back on Late to the Party, and I'm like, man, I, I love that record. But I listen back to it, and I still feel that, like it takes you to it takes me to that year yeah and um a lot of those records were you know were great but you can hear the like the there's kind of this like anger like this there's this like a little um, bit of my chem in there exactly there's like i'm not happy and it's like i put it in those records and when i listen to listen back to it as great as i love late to the party that's my first look Um, the actual song late to the party too yeah
1: let's check out the title track from josh arce's debut album late to the party
0: Love. Ever since I grew up, gotta chase a check. I'ma be the one that you never forget. Used to fly coach, now I'm mopping off a jet. Yeah, got him upset. Uh, I'm too young to fall in love. Uh, I'm now I'm doing 105 on the E-Way, be right there, baby, wait outside. Bad little bitch saying that she love me, but I know you're playing on both sides. Uh, uh you when you can't even look me in my eyes stop calling used to not my fault that you to the party
2: yeah that that was that was that was fun to shoot on I mean. some real shit bro yeah man that was we. I was talking shit on that song man I was uh yeah the, you were D Brooks made the beat our homie our homie D Brooks he's another platinum producer he's dope dope shout out D Brooks he made that beat and uh recorded at his house and he was like bringing that out of me you know he's like man talk your shit talk your yeah, shit you yeah 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 so that was like that's one of the first and probably only records that I will ever like fully pop my shit out like that. wow yeah first off bro i appreciate
1: you sharing uh, i think your story and, and that album probably resonates with a lot of artists and people in general yeah. out there and um i've never produced the album but i you know i had a time in college where i wasn't with my fiance and i was Thought I should be a frat star and was yeah. losing, losing who I really was and was getting fucked up and doing bullshit. And it took me realizing who I'm not
2: to realize who I am. Bingo. You know what Bingo. I mean? Bingo. Dude, that is so real. That line you said is like hit the nail on the head. It's like, you're going to fuck up and you're going to make all these mistakes and yeah. you're going to, you're going to ruin your life a couple of times, you know? um yeah, but there's always a second chance there's always a second chance there's always this like a new start that you can take but you have to go through the ringer i almost feel like you know that that phase that you went through the phase that i went through the phase that so many other artists and people go through like you have to you have to hurt for a little bit and it's when you let others define you it's yes. when you let people put their
1: ideas into your head why you do that that's stupid why you why do you want to be that like come do with me it's other people trying to bring you down yeah because it's a lot easier to be down in
2: the darkness with everybody else because fuck man a lot of people don't know who they are it's true and outside influence can kill you man you start listening to the opinions of people who don't truly know you and don't truly understand the journey and the path that you've taken in life this is a different path man like being an artist, DJ, whatever you do, it's, like yeah. it's different, and not a lot of people understand it. So people are going to talk shit. People are going to try to uh, make you feel less. Try to, People are going to try to make you feel weird for what mm-hmm. you're doing and mm-hmm. you know, making TikToks and shit. But it's like, dude, at the end of the day, that's that's who you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's really tough to put yourself out there because everybody can have an opinion. Yeah, dude, it's just... Watching those videos back sometimes hurts, ah, man. Ah, I can't
1: even watch that shit It's actually
2: physically painful yes. sometimes. I feel you. Oh, Robbie cringing sometimes so hard at some of the content we do, but it's like, it's necessary. And then it's like, well, where does that come from? Where does that cringe come from? Because other people want to see it. You know what I'm saying? True. true. But in your head, you're like, nobody wants to see nobody wants to see it right you're not
1: thinking i don't look good because i think i don't look good you're thinking i don't look good because people are gonna think i don't look good
2: i don't look good because instagram fuck everybody else yes you have to say that in in order to like in order to achieve what you want in life and in order to to become the greatest what you are i mean we're speaking from an artist standpoint but i give a shit if you fold clothes if you flip burgers like whatever you do yeah you gotta do it to the fullest. And people that don't understand what you do and don't understand what your journey's gonna be, mm-hmm. are gonna try to tear you down. Yeah. But keep grounded. For keep, sure. Keep grounded because you you just keep going, it's gonna reach a point where you win. And the message remains the same. Absolutely. Stay
1: true to who you are. Yes. And speaking of staying true to who you are, someone who is unapologetically themselves, Mr. Jake Short Drive. That's my guy, man. Right? This guy don't give a flying fuck. He's, gonna, he's fuck. gonna win no matter what. He is. And the tracks that Well the track that you made What You Say with him And his remix of your track too But What You Say is a hit dude Thank you dude Like it is like a certified hit Like this song works Let me show you how well this song works This one's called What You Say, Josh Arce, and Jake Shore Drive So
0: what you say Would you come stay with me for just a day It could be longer if you wait I just wanna know how you taste you taste so what to say would you come stay with me for just a day it could be longer if you wait i just want to know how you
1: that I like to say stays on the balance beam of streamable and playable. Yeah. You know, like this track would do well on the radio, this track does well on Spotify, Mm -hmm. Apple Music, whatever, this track is a DJ tool. Yes. Yeah. That's really tough to do and I think a lot of people, I want to know how you guys actually your mindset going in because I think a lot of people will go in, I need a song that's going to do well on Spotify. Yeah. I need a song that's <laughs> going to be a really big club hit Yeah, and it usually doesn't end up working on either if you go in with yeah. too much of a how is this going to be marketed, right? You got to focus on the product. Absolutely.
2: You have to and with Jake, I'll credit Jake, he brought me out of my shell a lot, you know, over the, since I've known him. He brings me out of my shell and I'm like, I thought I'm all the way out of this <laughs> fucking shell. <show." laughs> He's got that thing about it, man. He's just got this like charisma and this like, just doesn't give a fuck you know and it's like i give a fuck sometimes too much and like ever since i've met him I we really like became close over the summer like this last summer uh he would he would come over and we would just like we would just jam out and like write songs and um he yeah man it's something about him that just that just brings it out but yeah we sat that we sat in my basement a, like a few weeks ago and this was after the remix and the remix you know was it was popping and it was like oh people really like it so it's like let's sequel you know, let's do it. Yeah. So he he uh, slipped through, man, and you know, we were just all again in the dark in my basement, just like turn off all the lights, candles, everything, all the shit. Dude,
1: what is with you guys and that shit?
2: <laughs> it's the ambiance. I I get it. I get it. It's get the it. ambiance. You just like write vulnerable music. You gotta know what I'm picturing, though. Like it's just, three dudes yeah. writing sad music in a room.
3: That's exactly.
1: Okay, so it is what I'm picturing. It is. It is, bro. Ordering food, shit. I love it though.
2: Yeah, you guys are homies. Yeah. That, that's the vibe, dude. It's like. He was dude, he was playing these beats and they were all hard and then he played this one beat, bro, and then it had this intro. I don't know what the fuck he sampled in this intro, but it had this like sound that for me it reminded me of some like Jeremiah shit. Like it just sounded like something that Bieber would spaz on. Like it's yeah. got the, had that feel. And then it, he played this shit and had the Dua Lipa, like the string set and everything, the way it dropped. And so I was like, yeah, we, we got to pull that up. Jesse, too was like, yeah, pull that shit up. Yeah. So he pulled it up, man. We, we wrote that song that night. And uh, uh, J.K. telling told me, he was like, yo, get into that Bieber. Like, get into your Bieber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get into your Bieber bag. So I was like, I kept going and freestyling. Because we, we don't write any of our songs. We, just, we freestyle them first, put the pieces together. Then I put the pen to the paper, and we build that way. That's smart. Yeah, so that's how we do it, because you just get that, like, organic feeling out. You know, your first thought on the beat is, like, to do this. So you just yeah. do have that. To... Yeah, So he played that shit, man. I was like, yo, this is this is dope. So I just went in a few times, and then I did this one take, and he was like, that's it. I think he went behind Jesse, and he was like, that's it. Like, he was, <laughs> like, he was like, that's it. So we, uh, yeah, man, we... we Fleshed that shit out that night, had another session with it, and uh Jake, uh, you guys played uh Sarah's, uh rooftop A yep. uh, Virgin on uh, New Year's. And yep. Uh, the whole plan was for us to be there, all of us to be there, shoot the video that day, drop it Fuck you COVID. Fuck COVID, man. Everybody got COVID and shit. God I'm damn. Sorry. I got COVID, it was fucked up. Um and then uh yeah, man, he was we tried. we had our engineer overnight that shit so we could drop it on New Year's and, and Oh, I was right there. How'd it sound? Great. great. Yeah. Sounded great, bro. I haven't heard in the club yet, man. Well,
1: you know Jake on the mic, bro. <clears throat> Get on a dance floor. I don't. I don't need any <laughs> shy people out here. I got a new song I'm reviewing right now. I'm like, this guy's so fucking hype. Like, seriously. If it was up to me. Like, I put Jake before me. Like, I, he's like, <laughs> and he's a headliner, but like, he's also like the best direct support because he just, again, is unapologetically himself. Yeah. It makes people feel comfortable.
2: Yeah, he does. He does. He makes you feel like, like normal. Like, it's like, yeah. With him, yeah, he he does it. He though. he gave like he delivered your guys' excitement about this
1: track to people that had no idea who the fuck you guys are. Right? He gets me excited. Dude. People are like, All right,
2: "Who's this guy? He's got a new song. All right, oh yeah, fuck yep. it, I'll listen to it. I'm here." Yep. and the best thing about him is like our relationship is like musical, but at the same time, it's also outside of music. You know? Like, oh yeah. Talking out of time, he always you know, hits me able to go to the gym and shit. It's like uh, yeah, 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 It's a good i feel like that's the key to a a great musical relationship is like inside and outside the studio you guys are cool oh
1: absolutely yeah some of my best music relationships we don't talk about music that much actually (laughs) when it's like time to do music we do but outside of that you know it's because like you just have this like mutual understanding that like you're doing your thing by you know like let's talk
2: music if you want to talk music but like and it creates comfortability it does. To, you guys get to know each other more. It's like you guys aren't hiding anything so you can sing about whatever you want to sing about. For sure, bro. I, I love it. That's
1: awesome, man. Okay, you're going to like this question. Out of all the releases you've had, all of them, even back to your country days in 20, 2014 <laughs> or whatever it was, yeah. is there a track that means the most to you regardless of success streams? Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite song probably ever. Well, you know we have to listen to this one. It's called Get Over It Josh Arce.
0: How did we end up like this when we were supposed to be so special I can't tell When you won't see me, I wanna see you more Gave you what's left of me, you try to take my soul Pray to God you don't ever find a man like me, but I know you won't
1: I was kind of teeing you up, because I knew you were going to say that. Uh,
2: I can't play it, man, and make it, I'll be honest, man, as soon as I hit play on that, like, if I'm not, like, strong, it'll get me, like, choked, man, like, I'll play that shit, and I'll just, like, wow, it's out of nowhere, bro, you just start to, like, feel this, like, thing in my chest, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't listen to it, but it's my favorite song I've ever written in my whole
1: life. That's awesome, you don't hear a lot of people actually love their own music like that, like, really give yourself that feeling. You just go back through that whole process all at once when you hear it. Yes,
2: I go through that whole time period, man, and like what drove me to do that, what drove me to uh, make that record. It was like such a cathartic, like mm-hmm. thing, uh, man. Like with with get over it, that was the first time I've ever been honest on a song. That was the first time I've ever been one hundred percent honest on a record. Like yeah. told a real story that just happened, and told it in a way that didn't make myself look cool and it was just like yeah yeah i i didn't i wasn't too cool I was like i told everybody i was like yeah this was really bad and like i know other people have been really <laughs> sad about things like this so i'm gonna tell you guys like i lo- I, I you know I, you break at a certain point and uh get over it is like the visual is like the sonic representation of like breaking down for me like that's yeah, like yeah for sure yeah man.
1: man and that that track is a whole package too that you guys did
2: yeah do we going back to that time period it was like at a time when I was like moving out I just had broken up with my girlfriend I was moving out of our apartment and like he broke up with his girlfriend and we were sad like sad boys bro we were so <laughs> sad oh my god as much as we would like hate to admit it like try to be like yeah bro we're good we're good we're not sad dude we were so fucking sad during this like period of time that we couldn't help every record we made was just like right i I love you bitch i am gonna leave you bitch it was every record was like that and that was the one man where he was like even we wrote that song together because we had both gone through like this very similar thing Mm -hmm. at the very same time And, and that was it and you know, to say it's a record that resonated with everybody, and it's For sure. you know getting placements and getting picked up, and get over it, get over it, man. I, sh- shit, you're gonna make me listen to that shit later in my room. Bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How can we? <laughs>
2: oh my god!
1: Yeah. it's amazing, and thank you. It's it's cool again talking through all these tracks with you, and and ending on get over it because, it's it's pretty obvious that like you've really again put yourself in a position where you're gonna be. Honest about who you are, you're gonna be vulnerable. Yeah. Do you feel like that's changed a lot for you since day one? Like your songwriting, obviously you're freestyling, but like if you're freestyling to me, you're you're really from the heart. Yes. Because writing is from the
2: head, and freestyling to me is from the heart. Absolutely, absolutely. When you're freestyling, you're saying the first thing that's coming to your mind. You're not even thinking. No, it's a Freudian, it's a Freudian slip. It's like you don't. Yeah. It just happens. Like you're just gonna say what you're feeling without like this whole. If I'm writing this, I'm I'm gonna erase this line. This doesn't make me sound cool. I'm gonna write another line that makes me sound better. It's like when you're freestyling it, man. You're gonna say some things that you would put in a diary, you know, and, and you're gonna you're gonna say some things that you would never say if you put a pen to a paper, because your heart your heart speaks, your heart speaks volumes, man. Like it's true. Your heart over the head all heart over mind all the time for me. All the time. And, and that that's how that's how I was doing it. But going back to like that authenticity that we were talking about, and like you know how my style my writing has changed, um, and that's kind of it, bro. It's like. From the jump, I was writing records that made me sound like I was cool. I was writing records that made me look like the man. And like, you know, like, oh, I broke your heart. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like this for how you want to feel. But, you know, over the last two and a half years, my songwriting, I've just started writing like I would write a journal entry. Yeah. And it's like people like that more because they know I'm not lying. You
1: know? Yeah. And it's probably easier for you, too. To it a is. certain extent, right? Like, I mean, you said the first track something about you was about a made-up girl right
2: exactly you see it yeah 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 it was like it's because i had to, at that point it was like i had nothing to write something about you about so we had to like for sure bro i mean
1: you were you were 22 at that point
2: Tw- uh 21 yeah just yeah just like bro. A baby, man. you just got some hair on your balls bro <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly bro I just, <laughs> the first three hairs just came out so like what the fuck do i know <laughs> yeah dude so i you know i I drew from where i could and now it's like dude i've gained so much life experience i've been helling back dude i've had like man it was oh in like 2020 i got like the worst case of mono ever and like oh my god did you dude i was like it was a tough year bro (laughs) Bro, i was bedridden for like six to nine months just like constantly in bed and like i couldn't get out of bed and then i had a surgery to remove my tonsils because they were obstructing my throat Dude, and then I hemorrhaged, like, two weeks later and bled out all crazy. And so I had to do, like...
1: Holy fuck. I couldn't
2: sing for a long time. I had to relearn how to sing and, like, teach myself how to use my new voice and, like, you know, work with my chords. and, um, my and so It was all during that year, man. I got sick. Fucking... What a fucking terrible year, dude. We're bad, sitting but... here now. We can say that, but... Seriously, man. It's like, that's the journey. Though. Looking back now, man, I'd be so proud of, like, sitting here in front of you right now. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. Fuck, man. That's crazy. I did not it's crazy yet. Mono's a, a really, I mean, wow. Yeah, don't be kissing. Don't be kissing these random bitches. <laughs> <laughs> don't be kissing them, man. <laughs> you stayed out the
1: club your whole life, the next thing you know. Hey, don't be kissing old club.
2: Don't <laughs> be <me> kissing them.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Jesus. Um, so, of course, I got to ask you. Yeah next steps we're coming up on something we were talking about this you're about to be 25 years old what can you tell us is coming for this year
2: well i'm 25 i'm about to be 25 i'm getting old when's your birthday uh next month 25th what are we doing uh, we're gonna we're gonna tee up okay A quarter life crisis uh project release listening event oh we're all you're I'm gonna, be there. Jay, we're all gonna <laughs> be there yes we're all gonna be in this we're gonna it's gonna be sick bro i'll tell you about it okay yeah. um uh, <laughs> But yeah, so man, next steps. Twenty five. I'm old now, so I gotta do. Right. I gotta come out with a mature project, some, some very real. And um, I'm working on this project called QLC. Um, and oh fuck, that's got a ring. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, man, it's the truthful summary of my life the last three years. It's just like, I'm telling stories on there in the in the best way that I possibly can about the worst things ever and the best things ever. Yeah, um, but I'm doing it from a, a different sonic standpoint I'm writing okay. the beats are different we're um, playing more guitar it's sounding a little more alternative rock um, that was my goal with QLC was like you know we had done the EDM not the sorry the uh, hip hop pop inflected stuff to what we're doing today but I want to, like, man, I was, like, falling in love with rock again. You know, I want to play live shows where, like, I have a full band and, like, I can perform these records and I have two guitarists. I have, I'm on vocals and I have a drummer we're, like, just going, like, crazy on stage. You know, like, oh. like, no more Pretty Boy shit. Like, we're trying to, like, I'm trying to take it to that level that, like, when you combine the, the coolness of, like, these records and you combine, like, the rock scene, how cool that was. So I'm trying to make that a thing now with, with like, QLC and uh, just making records that are more rock-driven. Rock yeah. More, more like powerful and more fuck you and cool yeah and cause you know late to party has a lot of soft records on there but this shit got some like steroids in this it. is the next level for you yes this is my this is my like the piece de resistance man when, when yeah. I when we, when we finish this record man there's there's just some cuts on there that I hear I and mean, I'm like man this sounds like some shit I heard in a dream that I like wanted to make and like, wow yeah dude I'm gonna play you some shit We're gonna, we'll play some shit after this I wanna show you but wow um, yeah man quarter life prices we've been working on it uh for the last since late to the party um we just came up with that name probably like a few months ago Mm -mm. Uh, and uh, i I seriously think that this is this is something man this is i feel like we've we've embarked on something new here and it it feels different um and it gives me that same excitement i had when i was 18 i was still i was like in a band and i was playing like those shows it gives me that man it gives me this like feeling hearing these records Because I know I'm gonna play them live, and I'm gonna play them live with a full band, and we're gonna be loud as shit, and we're gonna it's gonna be like a rock show, and I want to bring that back too, because nobody goes to you know these shows anymore. It's like everybody pops out on the weekend, rightfully so, but I want to bring that culture back, and I think with QLC we're gonna push this through the city, try to infect the city, and be like, come to a show Friday, come see my band, come see come see Josh play, you know, and it's gonna we're trying to start a movement, man, the QLC movement, you know.
1: You heard them people. I'll fucking push. That sounds fun. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Because I think people are sick of. I mean, even though DJ and nightlife culture is, is I don't want to say reigning supreme right now, right? It but is. Like, it's the shit. You're seeing hip hop. Not, I don't want to say fade, but like house music is bigger than it's ever been right now, right? Absolutely. But. People don't want to go to, like, you want to say you want to go to the club, it's not as cool as it used to be, right? Like, where music is at commercially, I think it's just electronic
2: music. Exactly. For, like, the musical standpoint. Right.
1: But yeah. you saying, let's go see a show, meaning a band, I got I mean, I got a little excited. No one's asked me to do that in a long fucking
2: time, see, bro. Man, yeah. Same here, bro. I haven't seen, like, a band I like in so long. I haven't been to, like, a local shows. Where man. do I go see bands? Exactly, <laughs> bro. I used to go to Sub-T, used
1: to go to, like, all these spots, and now- There like, are lots of great places in Chicago, but- I don't know. Nobody's no one's playing. no one's
2: inviting me, and no one's playing. Like, are there bands in Chicago still? I don't, I've don't i never heard of another band. I'm like, better off going to see a. I'm more likely to see blues. I would say honestly. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right, and and that's that's just the culture thing, man. It's like I had so much fun at shows. I want people to be able to go to like my my shows, and like I'll play a great forty five minute set for them, and then afterward, when they wanted to go to the club, they can still hear my records at the club. After Ooh. it's like I'm really trying to like infect every single avenue, in the city because. A wise man once told me, if you ain't hot in your city, you ain't hot. So,
1: That's a fucking fact Yeah. for all you people out there. It doesn't matter what fucking city you're in, too.
2: No, no. You got to be hot in your city before you're hot anywhere else. So, That's Q- true. QLC, my baby. <sighs> it's exciting shit, man. Thank you, dude. Thank this you. has been a fucking awesome interview. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. I Yeah. I want to, to link up with you for a while. I really respect what you do here. Thank you. Like I said, you're, you're a pioneer in your field, man, so... Just keep killing shit, dude. And I'm trying. We're in the same sphere, too, so, you know. I'm having a good time with it, though. You good, know, like you I said, be. like, this is fun as fuck for me. It is, dude. It's like, it's having a conversation with a friend, but a million other people get to see it. Well, my fiance doesn't laugh at my jokes anymore, so. <laughs> I will. You, thank you. You guys laugh at my
1: jokes? Yeah. We, we got you, bro. <laughs> Unless I make fun of myself, she laughs. Yeah. Other than that.
2: I feel you. Yeah. I, I feel you, babe.
1: Maybe I need to sit in a room with a candle
2: with you guys. You need to sit. You need to like have some sessions, bro. Come, come write some songs. I'm those. down, baby. I'm down to come hang out. Come in my basement, bro. We'll, we'll turn the lights off. We'll yeah. Light a candle. Bro, come, come in my basement. We'll turn the lights. Off. <laughs> First of all, the come in my basement, line. Jesus, But <laughs>
1: Yo, I've only had two episodes this year, but that's the line of the year right Cancel. now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come in my basement, I'll turn some lights off and some candles. <laughs> it's just a typical Josh Arcee session. Yeah, I know. Yeah, if
1: this is your first time listening to this yeah. guy, it's every
2: song. If you're working yeah. with Josh, the lights are
1: off. And <laughs> candles. That's just it. Bring a condom, boys. <laughs> <laughs> a <few of> them. <laughs> No, for real, though, man. Cheers. Mm. Much love, much respect sir. to you and what thank you're you, doing. Baby. Um I know that the journey of a, a singer is is tough, but okay. obviously you got a great team and a big support cast. I know the city's a big fan of you, man. So
2: thank you, brother. Let's keep putting on for this guy. Thank you. Really appreciate you, man. Shout out Sherman the Booth. Keep doing what you're doing, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Hell yeah.